The Dogs of War podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Party on, Raleigh, and party on, Kevin. Hey! Dogs of War, Dogs of War podcast. Cleveland Browns. It's the offseason. It's time to talk brown stuff with your excellent co-host, Raleigh. And with him, as always, is equally excellent co-host, Kevin. Browns confirmed, Raleigh. Browns confirmed Kevin. Dogs of War! And we're recording. We in Cleveland. Happy Draft Night Eve. Since you're on your headphones, welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. You have your hosts, Kevin and Raleigh. With special guests, and I'll have Raleigh introduce. Uh, We got our honorary co-host, third time on the show. He is a fantasy guru. And listen, I no disrespect to anybody that regularly makes mock drafts and reads mock drafts. I do it too, but they're the biggest waste of time in the world. Um, even though I read them all, Adam Connor. Uh, can I say his first last name? Mister Connor here. He's uh, you're one of the few people that I love and respect, and actually want to know what you know. As I followed your footprint in fantasy this year, well, my unpaid intern followed your footprints in fantasy. And I want it all. So this man's a G, and I like your take on it. And any uh, guitars uh, before we get into there? What's everyone getting into? We're all in Cleveland. Well, for our, yeah, and so let me, let me just let me just dab onto that real quick. For our longtime listeners, shout out for our first time listeners too. Uh, we've got Connor on the last two years to do right before everyone's fantasy drafts. So he comes on in the fall or late summer, and they've actually I don't know I, I've never told either of you guys this. Those have been two of our highest downloaded episodes of all time of all the seasons we've done um connard has said on previous episodes that he wakes up with a cup of coffee in the morning and does five mock drafts uh before work before breakfast i think that he does that in like year round um so yeah while raleigh and i are very much the same in which we will see things on twitter and read espn articles we're not studying uh the draft because we don't understand anything about what we should be studying unlike connard here who is a draft scientist uh, shout out for also he called out the the sleeper last year. What's his name? The running back, Jacksonville. James Robinson. Yeah, who cleaned up for everyone who took him. Um so anyway, before we get into the draft, we Raleigh and I are coming at you live from Cleveland, Ohio. I got in a few days ago. Raleigh got in about an hour ago. Um Connor is coming at you from Denver, but obviously a Browns fan as well. Raleigh, what uh, you just got in literally an hour ago, no? Yeah, I just got my hair cut at Pat's, what's the name of this establishment? Quality establishment. Bear with me. At Cleveland Barber. Barbershop. Wait, is that what it's called? West Park, right? Yeah, West Park. All right. Um, shout out to Dub P. Uh, shout out at Patrick underscore loyal on Instagram. Dude is a G. And he gave me this fine haircut as well. as. What do you guys think of this facial hair? Oh, we, we can't see you anymore. Um, there you go. Yeah, you look like a... Uh, 70s porn star. I'm sure your wife loves it. I think we can call you like Coochie for the rest of the episode. Yeah, no, I, I respect that's actually what the guy said. He's like, So we're going for porn star 70s? <laughs> um, the it's the draft, man. Yeah, right. Kid. Well, to put a little more color on that, Raleigh and I have a 70s theme party tomorrow night that uh, perhaps we'll share some other time uh, when it's not draft week about, but that's that there's, there's a little more reason behind it. Not that you wouldn't do this anyway. Orange carp. Yeah, I know. This kind of just really worked out. Kate is literally, my wife is blowing up my phone right now. She's like, 
you're taking it off, right? You're taking it off, right? I'm like, this might stay. This is iconic, dude. This is a sight to behold. For those of you that don't follow the Instagram Angry Browns fans, uh, this will be up there at some point, I'm sure, if I know Raleigh. Um, I got into Cleveland on Friday. So I had my niece's first birthday on Saturday. Shout out Evelyn. Um, and I guess my brother and sister-in-law for creating her. Um, my goddaughter. That's right. The godfather right here. Um, tonight, I, I'm in Lakewood. Think of family, of course. And tonight, a bar in Lakewood was hosting Mr. Eric Metcalf along with all the Browns backers, presidents from around the country. And it was an open party, an open event on their patio. So my pops and I rolled up and got to meet Eric Metcalf a couple hours ago, the legend. Um, I went up to him. He walked in with a, a bodyguard, a very large man. They're both very large men. I forgot that Metcalf was also a NCAA national champion in track and field at Texas. One thing we need to remind or remember to ask either him or Baker is I want to know if – if that rivalry still comes up, or if Baker's disdain for the Longhorns comes up when he talks to Browns legends and Browns alumni like that. Anyway, side note. Anyway, I went up to Mr. Metcalf. I said, hello, Mr. Metcalf. May I please get a, a picture, my father and I, with you? And he gave me a side eye. He goes, what did you just call me? I said, Mr. Metcalf. He goes, are you a bill collector? I said, no, sir. I don't think so. He goes, okay. I said, Eric. He goes, there you go. So this is a PSA to all our loyal listeners, first-time, last-time listeners. If you ever meet Eric Metcalf, do not call him Mr. Metcalf. We, I would encourage you to always call a stranger or celebrity or athlete by their Mr. or Mrs. or whatever their pronouns are, whatever they prefer to be called before their first name. Mr. Not Metcalf, him. it's Eric. Call him Eric. That's it. That's the whole story. Met Eric. Great guy. It was People were stoked. Pointing nuts when he came in. The legend. So And also for any of you youngins out there, and I'm still consider us in that category because we weren't really too cognizant back then. YouTube, his highlights from when he was running through people, well, too much up the middle, unfortunately, in Cleveland back in the 90s. That is my story. We can talk about the draft, which... Yeah, Connor might have a sick story too, but we got to talk about who the Browns probably aren't going to pick. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, today is Thursday, April 29th, day one of the NFL draft in Cleveland, Ohio. That is why Raleigh and I are here. Unfortunately, we wish Connor was here, but he can't make it. So he's coming at us live from Denver. Connor, we have the 26th pick in the first round, correct? Yep. The Browns. So we've talked about this before. We'll talk about this tonight, how it's the first time we've ever had the Holy Trinity, the coach, GM, and quarterback going into the next season. It's the first time where there are no – you can always say there's improvement that you could put in any position on any team. That's obvious. This is the first time where we don't have any super, super obvious, glaring, outrageous, outlandish needs at any one position. There's a lot of things that people are saying, you know, if we take a wide receiver, does that mean OBJ is then being traded? If we – you know, do we take a linebacker when we just signed um, Jadavian Clowney, so on and so forth? So – as all drafts are, it's been a very volatile several months of people throwing out their picks and guesses, uneducated and educated guesses. Raleigh and I will fall on the uneducated part of that. I've never seen, you know, the, the, the few mock drafts I've pulled up on the gram or Twitter. Obviously, there's no two that are alike at minus the first pick. But this year, I feel, has been the most tumultuous, unagreed upon draft I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to stop talking, though, and want to kick it over to you to talk about us in the first round or our strategy or you know way more about the draft than us, so please make us smarter. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's certainly nice that the draft is not our Super Bowl this year. I mean, that's uh, that's kind of why I got into it initially was you know, the Browns having really only been a, a fan since the '99 iteration of the Browns. Uh, you know, best time of the year as a Browns fan. So it's nice that this year it's kind of the the cherry on top for what the team needs versus the uh, the entire future of the franchise at stake. Uh, so. I think, you know, just talking general strategy, what we want to come out of the draft with, you know, we've got Clowney for one year. So, you know, I think biggest thing is a hit on an edge rusher, pass rush, specialist type that we can develop into long-term starter opposite Miles Garrett. Uh, the Browns are going to run probably a lot of sub-package defenses, you know, maybe two, two linebacker sets, uh, We've got a bunch of guys that you know, are solid, if not spectacular, at the linebacker position. Modern-day linebacker that can cover a tight end, cover a slot receiver, need be running backs out of the backfield. Like a bullet? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't think we'll take that early. You know, like, uh, from front office moves, you can kind of tell that they don't value the linebacker position nearly as much as some other spots on the field. So, even though we, I see that mocked a lot, I, and I think there are some players in the first round that fit, I don't know that that's the direction they would go. Uh, you know, I think we need some some secondary insurance. If everybody's healthy, we, we probably don't need starters, but that's far from a given, as we know, from last year. So uh, getting some insurance there is important. Obviously, letting Sheldon Richardson go creates a need for the defensive line. Maybe we bring him back after the draft at a lower deal. Maybe we don't. Uh, and I think you know, we don't need starters at wide receiver, but complementary pieces. So either somebody with a lot of size or a lot of speed, preferably both. Uh, that's always a good fit as well. And then uh, I think any smart front office beefs up the offensive line whenever there's an opportunity as well. You know, uh, anytime you don't have to pay those guys because you've got bunch of very capable backups. That's always good too. So I like that for, for the middle rounds. So, uh, you know, pick 26, I think best route to go. Hopefully is the edge rusher, get somebody that we can sit behind Clowney for a year, put in good situations when, uh, you know, when it's right. Uh, real quick, Connor, not to yeah. cut you off. Uh, and this is how I sort of felt people asked me, who do you think the Browns are picking? I'm like, I have a meme account, but I do feel that um, it, it's got to be in the first round, one of those three positions. Would you agree? Edge, linebacker, cornerback? Is that where you would put it? I, the only other guy that outside of those three that I could potentially see is Christian Barmore, defensive tackle from Alabama. Uh, or deep tackle, same yeah. thing, D-line, edge. Yeah. And is it also my thought would be nobody can predict what they're going to pick, but it's going to be one of those three. And would it be the best available? Or do you think they would value one of those three over the other? I, I would, I would always value the edge position over anything else. I mean, impactful pass rushers, I think change the game more than, more than the other two positions. Um, so I'd love to see them target that. I mean, would you be surprised if they took a cornerback? Because I guess 
Greedy is coming off of nerve surgery or nerve damage. Ward hasn't played a full season yet. That's really all we got right now. Troy Hill. Who, excuse me, Troy Hill, Troy Hill, excuse me. But corner seems to be the one that if there's a position back there we need more, it's corner. No? Yeah. We're on opposite sides because I'm like, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm thinking two. He's saying corner. Connor, sorry, we're frantic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, the corner position, I, I think the front office also values equally to add rushers. I mean, you listen to them talk. Those are, you know, defensively our two most important positions. The issue with the corners that might be available is injuries. So you look at a guy like Greg Newsom at Northwestern. He's uh, got everything you look for athletically. Teams literally, I think there was a three-stretch uh portion of last year where he had one target over three games like teams just didn't throw to his side like has lockdown corner potential but missed 20 games in his college career and that's that's troublesome um yeah that blows you know farley from virginia tech same deal maybe the best cornerback in the draft but just had a back surgery there's rumors that he might need another um you know these are guys that it's much more boom bust, you know, from an injury standpoint, which, um, you know, again, you hear like deep Podesta talk and stuff and, and they say they want durable players. And I just, I don't know that those guys fit the bill. I mean, so it, it's, they're the good, they're the kind of guys that are going to be available at 26. I don't know that we take that gamble. Joe Woods is known for one of the run, the three safety scheme. Everyone knows that. Yep. That's why we just signed JJ the third. Do and this can go for either of you guys. Are we putting way too much weight into Delpit coming back and being some stud? I'm not saying he's not a stud. He could be the best safety in the NFL next year. This season, for all we know, but we he's house? never he's never played a snap in the NFL. And everyone keeps saying, "Well, we got Delpit coming back. Yeah, we're good back here." Everybody's like, "We go oh, Delpit's coming back. Delpit's coming back. We're good. We're good." We've never seen. He's never played in the NFL. Like I know he looks amazing on Instagram right now, and he's showing the workouts, and he was a freak in college, and you know what, the best safety in the in the country. Twenty eighteen, I think, was it? Was it twenty eighteen? Injuries are no joke, right? Uh, so, so, but I guess you know, are, are we just are we thinking we're much better off at safety than we might actually be? Yeah, I mean, I think they have to come away with the safety. I think there's a lot of good guys that are linebacker safety kind of box big thumpers that can cover that are available in the third or fourth round. So if we did go that direction in the first round, there's got Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa from Notre Dame. See, I'm this is why we this is why you're on this doing this episode and we're not, because I've been unable to pronounce his name since the first time I saw it a few months ago. So sorry, continue. Yeah. Yeah. Um and maybe I butchered it too, I don't know. But no. uh, <laughs> but he is uh you know he's a kind of linebacker strong safety type that Will cover tight ends, running backs. He thumps when he gets in the backfield. He is a like downhill tackle for loss kind of guy too. He's pretty sexy. I just don't know if we value the the position enough to take him. I would love like positionally like defense scheme fit. He seems absolutely perfect. I'd be ecstatic if they took him. I just I don't know that we value linebacker enough to do it in the first round. Um, so you know. I think ultimately it's a toolsy edge. I mean, there's Quiddy Pay from Michigan. Bruce Feldman uh, for The Athletic does this uh, Freaks article that is 
like the very best athletes in college football every year. Quiddy Pay was number one on that list. Um, perfect guy to develop if he drops. Jalen Phillips might be the best edge rusher in college football. He had three concussions, medically retired for a moment, came back. So that's our Tulsa boy. Who's a Tulsa guy? David Collins. Yeah. Uh, I like him too. Same question as as uh, Cormo from Notre Dame is if we value linebacker or not. I think he's an impact player. He'd be awesome in the middle of the defense. Um, he's another guy I would like. I wrote down like six guys that I'd be happy if they drafted. It was Woody Pay, Jalen Phillips, Jason Owe from from Penn State, David Collins, Greg Newsom, and Louis um, Cormo. Those are kind of my my guys, if they take any of them, I'm coming away from that pretty happy. Is there a scenario in the world where we don't take a defensive player? I shouldn't say that. It's a dumb question. We've done crazier shit in the draft. We've seen crazier shit in the draft. But I, the only thing I've seen is potentially wide receiver. And if that happens, that'd be a sign that one of our current guys is on their way out. Is that just complete Twitter talk? I would have to think so. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of a lot of wide receivers that schematically can fit later. Um, I think the the top echelon of guys are going to be well gone before twenty six. So then you end up like, you don't want to gamble on a receiver at twenty six. It's not a complete alpha player. You know, when they're defensively, and that's our biggest need, we've got that available. So. I would way rather see them take receiver in maybe the third round. There's some, some third or fourth. There's some pretty good guys. And then in the late rounds, there's some very toolsy raw guys that, you know, are six, four, six, five burn four, fours. And, you know, like similar to Donovan people's Jones, we don't have to play him right away. We roll with Odell and Jarvis for as long as we can. Ease them in. And hopefully these guys can, you know, develop into more complete players later. We have nine total picks, correct? Yep. We're not bringing nine rookies to camp. That's Everyone knows that. What One of the things, one of the intriguing scenarios I saw being floated around on the internet from multiple people and not just nameless bl- bloggers or podcasters is trading with the Patriots for Gilmore in the first round or one of the rounds. It doesn't matter what round. What are your thoughts on that? And I guess if we're not going to – we're not drafting nine guys – what do you see? What crazy predictions have you thought about what we do with all these picks? Yeah, I mean, I think the Gilmore thing would be interesting as long as we can pay him and pay everybody else that's already on the team. I mean, that's that's a big question, right, is whether we can squeeze all those guys under the cap. But, um, you know, if you don't give up a first-round pick for that, I think that's a win. You know, like yep. I don't 26 up, if we give up a second, give up a we have two thirds you know something like that that's fine uh so i'd be on board with that and then you know as far as the surplus of picks you know let's say we need corner and we're we're picking late in the second and some of these guys that you know we talked about caleb farley knew some somebody drops a little bit into the second maybe for the injury concerns we want to move up and go get our guy i think that's a valid use of picks but i, I think the more likely thing is we want to have this many picks in every single draft always. You know, draft is such a gamble to begin with. More shots you have on goal, better your chance you hit. And so trading for future picks, I mean, you can trade a third for a second, you know, more often than you'd think 
the following year. And so I think anytime they can take one of those deals in the later rounds and, you know, maybe get an extra fourth or fifth or something next year with some of those later picks, maybe you see them do that. Drop your, continue to compile. We want 10 picks every draft if we can. hundred percent. What are your thoughts on a lot of the chatter this year is they're saying a lot of GMs and teams are putting a lot more stock and a lot more value in next year's draft. They're going to be taking a lot of these picks trading the teams that are a lot more desperate for players now and taking and trading back to get more for 2022. And they, they keep citing the fact that COVID and a shortened season and not a full combine, a 40 is a 40 regardless, not a drink, not yet, Raleigh, later after the podcast, yeah. not a 40 ounce. A 40 is a 40 no matter where you do it. There's a no, it's not, you know, I understand if maybe it was a, a freshman or a quarterback that has been playing, you know, more than a couple, we did play three years on their mind. But what are your thoughts on that? Is that an actual legit thing that it's being talked about outside of people on Twitter and the news? Um, is it real? I think it's a completely valid concern. I mean, you got, think about like a guy like Trey Lance, you know, might go in the top five picks, didn't play this season because, you know, the FCS, I mean, they had like one essentially ex- exhibition game might be a top five quarterback. There's a, like maybe three or four guys in the first round that opted out of this season. Uh, if you're a scout and you usually do on-campus visits, you want to talk to the guys, trainers, professors, coaches, classmates, etc. None of those character evaluations are being done. You know, you're not ever getting to meet most of these guys in person. It's a lot over. Uh, that's fair. I didn't think about the, the outside of watching the tape and stuff and like the, the one-on-one stuff with them. So that's fair. That's fair. But- I think those are certainly valid concerns. It definitely makes this whole thing a bit more of a crapshoot. And, uh, you know, projecting who's going to go where, I think, is also, like, there might be guys that go way later because, you know, we haven't been able to track, you know, visits into Cleveland and et cetera, you know, like who the team's been interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be, like, a very, very interesting draft because I think everybody's much more in the dark than they would be in a normal draft season. Someone brought up the uh, scenario of possibly dra- in one of the way later rounds rolling the dice on a, a getting Baker a, a career backup. Is that on your board anywhere? Or is that just something stupid someone said on one of the blogs or other podcasts? I mean, I can't. I can't say that there's anybody that I like really love late. You know, like. I, I think That's exactly what I said. The little I know about the draft is that there's no one out. I mean, who you gonna, who who else besides the the five guys that everyone's already talking about? Yeah, I mean there there's nobody out there that I think is um, you know got that. It's an, it's like backup quarterbacks an interesting spot. Like I think it would be interesting if you know that your season is on the line. And you got to take some gambles, you know, like a guy like a Sam Ellinger out of Texas or something that is kind of a gimmick yeah. quarterback built like a Tim Tebow ish, you know, like maybe you throw that guy in and. Oh, Baker and a Texas you know, quarterback would be hilarious. Like maybe that that's an interesting scenario, you know, maybe better than you just don't want to end up like the Cardinals last year where they had Chris Streveler, you know, and. Kyler Murray went down and they missed the playoffs because of it. So, you know, <laughs> in the backup, but I think yeah. they way better off getting a veteran that can just kind of not blow up your entire offense. And we're, and we're fine there. Yeah, we're totally fine there. I just, some people are throwing that around. I thought it was an interesting, weird, random pick 
but we're again, we've seen worse. Get, we're still trying to get Case Keenum on the podcast for the record. <laughs> yeah, like I'd, I'd be way more comfortable with the offense in his hands than you know some six round rookie that uh, totally you know was a wild card in college, and you know <laughs> um, then you got to ask him to translate it to the NFL. It's just super dicey. Speaking of six round, uh, Raleigh looks like Gardner Minshew right now. If anyone is trying to still visualize what his new facial hair looks like. Oh yeah. Kate, my wife has been blowing. I said this at the beginning, been blowing up my phone nonstop. She keeps asking me, am I going to keep it? Am I going to keep it? Every time you ask makes the answer more of a yes. One of the things I saw that, and is going to just piss everyone off is somehow fields falls to Belichick at 15. And then he sits behind Cam for a year and has, you know, works with Joshua Daniels and Belichick, and they just retool and become a freak show again for, for however long. Connor, you got places to be. You're also on a cell phone, as is Raleigh with, with AirPods. So, uh, to not have to worry about any potential uh, quality issues here coming up. Let's wrap it up. The draft tomorrow, you say we're going edge in the first round of pick 26. Any other surprises any other wild predictions that you have as well for their other eight picks i like this let's do our picks too kevin i would uh i would like to see us go edge in the first i think we need uh corner in the second or third safety and linebacker in the second and third like that's where i'd like to see our first four three of our four four picks go and then let's get a let's get a receiver of some sort in their third or fourth round as well. So like Tylen Wallace, Dynamic Brown, um, Anthony Schwartz is the fastest guy in the draft. Uh, I'm on St. Ra or I'm on Ross St. Brown, bunch of good options. So receiver third or fourth, that would be great. And then just, uh, you know, beef up the trenches and maybe get another linebacker late. We're good to go. Would it blow your mind if we traded up to get the number one cornerback? Yes. I don't think we're a trade-up team. I really don't. Um, I mean, maybe... But have we ever even been able to be in that position before, though? We're, all, we're, we're already always at the top of the draft. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think with uh, with our front office, we we value quantity of picks much more than... You know, oh, I, agree. I agree with that 100%. I just, just people... I saw a few situations where it's like, they, you know, they could trade up. And I, obviously, anyone can trade up, but I'm with you on that one. Raleigh, what do you got? Um... You know, let's. Uh, I was just going to answer the first round pick, just because I yeah. know everything Connor said. I feel like a tool because he covered it. But I would think that they're going D line depth first. Like even yeah, with our starters, that's great. But injuries are such a crapshoot in the NFL, and I don't think you can ever have enough depth on the defensive line. But after listening to the first part of this conversation, I'm like shit. Connor convinced me to corner, and then you convinced me to, what you call it, safety before that. So, who knows? I'd like to see it. the edge guy if it's their guy. I think they're going to go best player available of those three positions, linebacker, um, D-line, and quarterback. But I'm pulling for edge. I'm going to cheat and just say, well, first of all, obviously, I, I agree with 100% with what with Connor said, too. I've been saying cornerback the last couple of weeks, I would not be mad or, or surprised, and they probably will take an edge, because I again, I trust Connor over the, more than Twitter and Instagram people. I When I say I cheat, I'm cheating, I just want speed. 
we said it after the Kansas City game, the first episode we did, as as did everyone else in the world, that that defense needs some more speed up there or back there, excuse me, as well as we need You're more about linebacker speed, just speed back there, and speed also. We need more of our uh, deep threat wide receiver speed as well. Not a guy that's come in to be a hero season one like we've talked about. On that note. Connor, you have a dinner appointment to get to. Riley, I have no idea where you are. You're in a dark car somewhere, so hopefully you make it home tonight. Hope you do. The the, whole, the beer's been keeping the homeless away. The, the NFL Draft, Cleveland 2021. You're listening to this on the day it comes out. It is today, Thursday, April 29th, downtown Cleveland, Ohio. Riley and I will be downtown many places the next couple of days. Get at us. Let's all hang out. Cheer on the Brownies. Boo other teams, mainly the Steelers. The there you go. Connor, thank you, sir, as always. And I hate to break it to you. You have to come on in a few months to do the annual fantasy episode as well. Can't wait. Can't wait. (laughs) For Raleigh, for myself, for Connor, good night, Cleveland.